Galatians 2.14 says, But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, that's Peter, before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Hello and welcome back to Think This Way. I'm Bryce Beal. I'm one of the pastor elders here at Faith Bible Church. I have with me another pastor elder, Justin Geyer. Thanks for being here, Justin. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Justin said, Bryce, I want to be on the podcast for the most controversial, difficult topic you can possibly find. I That's said, not true. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. That was just the vibe I was getting yeah. from you, Justin. So last week and now this week, we are talking about this question, is race a gospel issue? And we had started talking about it last week, and we mentioned that in some ways, I think it's okay to think of race as a gospel issue. So certain parts of race, for example, or what we call race, really, ethnicity, um, if someone is genuinely racist or draws away from other ethnicities or treats them inferior, treats them poorly, this may lead to confusion on the gospel's goal to bring Jew and Gentile together, that the gospel is universal. That may. So perhaps we could say that threatens that part of the gospel. And on the other hand, some of the genuinely Marxist, because I think everyone I know in the world has been labeled a Marxist by this point, but some of the things that are more genuinely Marxist, uh, redefining guilt and salvation and so forth, those things obviously pose a threat to the gospel. Um, Today we want to focus our attention on something that's so unique to the New Testament, and I think when you are, I remember for myself as a newer believer, reading the New Testament a lot, I remember thinking, why is there so much in the New Testament about Jews and Gentiles? I'm a Gentile. I don't know a lot of people that are Jewish in my life. I'm not having these great issues of should people be circumcised. It doesn't come up. So why does the Bible have so much to say about this? I think it relates to what we're talking about now. Uh, Justin, I want to turn this question over to you. Why should the Bible, the New Testament, have so much to say about something that was very specific to the ancient Mediterranean world, of which we are certainly not a part? What does that even have to do with us, this whole question of Jew and Gentile? Yeah, I think any time I think of a question like that, of uh, I read this in scripture, and it is, I'm I'm trying to figure out how this applies to my life. I'm always reminded of Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. All scripture is God breathed, and it's useful for teaching, correction, training, um, reproving, um, in righteousness, so that the man of God may be um, complete. And I think for that, when we and I know that can be kind of a blanket statement like, yeah, everything in there, it's all good for you. So take it. That's like, well, that's not all that helpful. But I think in this scenario, when we're talking about the Jew and Gentile issues that we um, see in the New Testament, which is really just a carryover from things that we from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and then they have these new issues that are coming about as Christ has come and he's starting the church age. And uh, then you have Peter and Paul, who are out here preaching and teaching to um, the Jews and Gentiles and what all that look like, I think the, the thing that we can take from that is this. There are people that are different from us, from different backgrounds, uh, different uh, 
um, ways of, um, let's say, experiences or circumstances that they've grown up in. And we as people who uh, live out of our hearts have a tendency a lot to sin against others. And we have a tendency to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. And I think what we have here in this Jew and Gentile issue is you had Jews, um, God's chosen people, who took that and then looked at others to say, well, what we have is not able, not available to you. You can't have this. Um, and I'm, I'm really simplifying this. What I mean by that is that uh, this was creating a lot of conflict. It even became a conflict, which we're going to talk about here, I think, in a little bit, uh, between Peter and Paul, where Peter uh, is having issues with wanting to separate himself from the Gentiles uh, as a Jew looking down on them. And, and Paul says, you can't do that. You can't now look at them based on uh, who they are in that way and, and, and separate yourself. The, the gospel is for all of them. This is something that you have to be very clear. And so for us, I think what we can take from that is when I look at people, I need to recognize that as much as the gospel has changed my life, as God has worked in my life through the gospel, through his word, everyone else needs that as well. And I can't look down on somebody. I can't be condescending. I can't say, well, I've got something you can't have. This is a free, this is free from God. And I need to be uh, open with everyone. Absolutely. That's why it's interesting that that would be such a large part of the New Testament. You find it like every few pages, there it is. But I think it is for the reasons you give that it is dealing with a larger principle than just Jewish Gentile relations in the ancient Mediterranean world, because that is specific. But it's it's kind of like when the Bible chooses metaphors like Jesus is the Lamb of God. Not every part of the globe even has lambs. And so the Bible chose a very specific animal in that context. There's lambs all over the place, ancient Mediterranean world. But what if you're I don't know. I don't know where are there not lambs in the Sahara or something, but you're somewhere and there's no sheep there. So, well, why did you pick such a specific animal? Well, you got to pick something. (laughs) You can't pick every animal. And I think similarly, this Jewish Gentile, there's so much more to it. I mean, question of covenants, question of how the Old and New Testament relate. We're not getting into any of that. But just the fact that this Jewish Gentile, these culturally, ethnically distinct groups, really struggled to get along in churches. <laughs> Hear anything familiar there? We are sinners and we struggle to this day, and it's always been this way. Here's Shai Lin. I mentioned him last week, Christian hip-hop artist and a teacher as well. In his book, The New Reformation, which I once again plug for you, if you're looking for a good book on race and the gospel, I just think it's really great. The New Reformation. He has this quote. He says, quote, In this we can see the wisdom of God. God knew that because of the fall, ethnic and cultural division would always be an issue for God's people in the world until Christ returns. So he leveraged this Jewish-Gentile conflict and inspired in Scripture the working out of strife and tension between Christians of different cultures and ethnicities. This was so that... Wherever the gospel spread until the return of Christ, 
the church would have tools for addressing these issues in ways that distinguish them from the surrounding culture. My heart leaps with more joy than I can express to read that paragraph. I think that is a fantastic paragraph. It's taking something in scripture and saying this was the wisdom of God to help us with ethnic tension, which has always been a factor in human life everywhere at all times, obviously including where we live. Justin, you mentioned too Paul's interactions with Peter when he says, quote, I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, talking about how Peter had been associating with Gentiles they're welcome in the gospel. Hooray! But then here come some of his old Jewish friends. They're very much more strict Jewish, faithful Jewish, circumcised, keep the law. And they come around, and now Peter just kind of doesn't want to be seen with his Gentile brothers and sisters anymore. Is Peter a heretic? No. But what Paul says is their conduct is not in step with the truth of the gospel. So I suppose that's the ancient way of saying it was a gospel issue, I guess. I mean, he's saying it directly related to the gospel there. Now, I want to just take one minute and address some potential objections here. Because it's true that the Jewish-Gentile relationships in the New Testament certainly relate to ethnic interactions today, but they're not the same. And what we're talking about mainly here right now is relationships between those whom we'd consider, again, it's race and that's a complicated matter, but those we'd consider black and white. In 2020, that was a lot of the conversation. That's not exactly the same as Jew and Gentile issues in the New Testament. So here's the ways it's different. The Jews were God's chosen people. They really were that ethnic identity and people could join them But that ethnic identity from Abraham through the promised line of Isaac and Jacob, they were a chosen people. If we talk about the races, quote-unquote, of black and white, neither one's a chosen people at all in that sense. It's not the same. Then God brought in the Gentiles. It's just not that way with what we consider race or even ethnicity today. But don't throw it out because there is significant overlap between what was happening back then and what happens today. So for example, it's like you said, Justin, different cultures, whether that's Jew-Gentile in the New Testament, black and white, or anything else today, tend to think differently, often look different, act different, talk different, and because of that, it can be scary. Um, Especially if you're like me, you're more reserved, and when you're talking to someone, You want to say the right thing. You don't want to offend them. You want it to go well. The better I know someone, the easier it is for me to do that. When you don't know someone as well or their cultural distinctives are different, it's like if you do missions, you go overseas. I don't know what offends you in this culture. I don't know. It could be scary. If we allow that scariness to keep us from fully, wholeheartedly engaging with the gospel or in fellowship with believers of a different ethnicity, if we allow that to prevent us, we are I think we could say we're not walking in step with the gospel, even if it's not for the exact reasons that Peter was doing it. But you do, especially if there's this outside pressure like Peter felt. I've kind of felt that with race issues in the last few years. Sometimes it's hard to think, how could anyone talk sympathetically about matters of race without being a Marxist? It's kind of felt like you can denounce 
the false ideas of race in the culture, which I denounce as well, how can we talk sympathetically about any of them or care if someone of a different ethnicity has had a difficult experience? How can I express sympathy without being a cultural Marxist? And in some groups, it almost seems impossible. <laughs> but certainly we need to be willing to engage other people who are different and think differently from us. So there is that overlap. And if we in any way are thinking in our own minds or encouraging other people to think that the gospel is unique to one socioeconomic, ethnic, cultural, political group, that's a big problem. That removes the sense of the gospel being a call to all the nations. I think that's the danger Peter was facing. He wanted to suck the gospel back into the Jewish world. Don't give it to the Gentiles. If they want to be in, they got to get circumcised and basically become Jewish. And Paul said, that is wrong. You are compromising the gospel here. So let's summarize after these two episodes. I'm going to do what I love to do when there's a hard question. I'm going to just throw it over to Justin. <laughs> Justin, what do you think? Is race a gospel issue? It, well, I th when I think about that question right there, I think that's such a broad question. I think we'd really need to you kind of break that down a little bit. Just like we talked about last week, gospel issue, race, those types of things. I think one of the things we have to think about is how do we define race? How do we define the gospel issues? And we talked about those things. I think the answer is yes and no. I think yes, it is a gospel issue when race is limiting us. When I am looking at people based on their skin color and that is determining how I treat them. And if I treat them differently, um, where that I do not share the gospel with them, or I treat them as though they are lesser, or I am actively separating myself from them or trying some way to separate them from me, uh, where that I'm unable to share the gospel or I won't do it or I choose not to. I think that becomes a gospel issue when I am treating somebody or I'm, th I'm thinking of myself more important than them. And so I'm unwilling to do that. I think that's a gospel issue. I think, no, it's not a gospel issue because um, race is not part of the gospel. Uh, the, uh, the gospel is like the ultimate um, equalizer for us. It is true for everyone. Uh, all people alive, all people who are human uh, have need of the gospel. Jesus came, uh, the creator became the created to bring us the gospel, the good news of salvation to everyone. And it doesn't say this race or that race, this ethnicity, that eth no, 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 it's everyone. And so um, it, it, is, it, it is true for everything. And so race is not a part of that. It doesn't need to be a part of that. So that's how I would answer. And I felt that in the last few years, reading 10 trillion books, <laughs> it's a slight exaggeration, on matters of race, trying to figure out what's going on. Saying came in like a freight train and we got to figure out how should I be living? What should I be doing? And we can say that race or ethnicity, partiality, whatever, is very important. It's in no way unimportant. It's incredibly important. But it is important as well 
However, if you will call it a gospel issue or not, to understand in your own mind, like you said, it's not the gospel. That's really wonderful. Because that means if I don't get the question perfectly right, I can still go to paradise with God because of Christ's sacrifice for me. And that is not for me an excuse. Like I said, I read three trillion books. That's not an excuse to not try to do better. It's simply refreshing when you're swimming through the torrents of trying to understand and everybody's got a loud opinion and you're trying your best to understand to be able to come up from the waves, take a big breath of gospel air. It's one of the things John Piper points out in Bloodlines, which is great. If you're really going to make progress on matters of ethnicity and you really want to do well, you need the gospel firmly planted in your heart because people are not going to like you no matter what you do. It actually doesn't matter what you choose to do. It's such a hot topic. Whatever you do with it, people are going to be upset. So you need to have a conviction. God accepts me in Christ. That's the gospel. And therefore, I can try to do what I believe is right in this matter. And that's the last thing I'd add on to your very good comments there is we certainly do want to say that race is not a gospel issue if what you're thinking when you say race is a gospel issue is that your particular approach to how to fix racial division in the culture and the church, that that is the gospel. That's a lot of the problem, I think, is we have politically informed views of this is what would fix our division if we did this. If your church hired on someone, a person of color to be in leadership, that may be a great idea, maybe not. But you see, that's a wisdom matter we need to talk and think about. A lot of times the assumption is if you don't take the solution I'm giving you right now, you're a racist and bad, or you're a Marxist, or whatever. So I do think what you're saying is exactly right. Yes and no. Yes, there are some matters that may threaten the gospel, Let's be very careful on those. No, in the sense that let's not equate our own really political views, which, again, can be very important. You should have them. It's a democratic republic. Have political views. But let's not equate those with the gospel. That's a problem as well. In the past, maybe that's what you did. You took your political ideas and you assumed this is gospel and the people who agree are on your team, whether they're believers or not. (laughs) Or perhaps in the past... You experienced racism. You uh, perhaps were racist yourself, or that's something you struggle with in your own heart, partiality toward people of other ethnicities. Whatever the case may be, you perhaps thought that way in the past, but may God help us more and more now to think this way. Mm-hmm.